Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. And we will also take a look at the week's biggest agricultural news stories. New on shelf this week is our 15 and 22 January double issue. This magazine will be available from retailers from Friday, 8 January until the 21st of January. This week's main features include an article that looks at the major trends that will dominate food consumption habits in South Africa in 2021. We also have a production article on growing chilies using biological farming methods and a profile on an award-winning sheep farmer who uses a combination of intensive and extensive production management practices to ensure optimal productivity in his 3,500 U Merino flock. Let's first take a closer look at the features from the 15 and 22 January issue. 2021 is said to be another tough year for South Africans. Information by market research provider Euromonitor International is that 68% of South Africans in 2019 had an annual disposable income of less than two and a half thousand US dollars. In 2020, and largely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This figure increased to an estimated 70% of the population. According to Hestefer Mielan and Dr. Marlene Lowe, who are consumer analysts with the Bureau for Food and Agricultural Policy, South African consumers will be particularly cash-strapped during 2021, and this will profoundly impact their food purchasing and consumption behaviour. Mielan and Lowe say that the October 2020 cost of the Bureau's thrifty healthy food basket which comprises 26 core food items that are typically consumed over a month by low-income South African families was 2,789 rand. This represented an almost 10% increase compared to the basket's cost in October 2019. Femielen says that it's clear that basic healthy eating is not within reach of the least affluent 50% of households in South Africa. Elsa Wingfield, Executive Director of the Intelligence Unit of consumer data analytics company Nielsen Global Connect, concurs, saying that South Africa's financially constrained consumers will be more sensitive to prices of food products this year. Another result of this that they will be increasingly interested in purchasing house label products that are marketed under the retailer's brand as opposed to the often more expensive branded products. Another food purchasing trend that is likely to continue gaining momentum in 2021. Another food purchasing trend that is likely to continue gaining momentum in 2021, according to Anya Duplessis, a food a nutrition analyst with Euromonitor, is that many South Africans will turn to online grocery shopping. Wingfield, Nielsen's research, found that 68% of South Africa's consumers are now using a combination of both online and offline shopping channels. She points out that, interestingly, this adoption is even more pronounced for constrained consumers who have been impacted by job and income losses. These consumers, she said, are less likely to be exclusive brick-and-mortar shoppers as omni-channel shopping is even more important to help them make better and more frugal choices. The third trend identified by the experts was that the COVID-19 pandemic has led to a significant increase in South Africans' demand 
for affordable, immune-boosting, healthy foods. These foods can include oranges, leafy greens, such as maroch or amfino, garlic, ginger, and oats. For consumers who struggle to pay for these and other foods during 2021, it is expected that, that they will consider growing foods at home and, where possible, even harvesting them in the wild. On to our crop feature for this issue. We speak to a chili producer from Mpumalanga. The declining profitability of sugar farming prompted Chris Roo, who's the owner of Paradise Creeks Farms in Hector Spreit, to diversify his operation to include sweet peppers. In 2017, when his sons were looking for ways to earn a bit of pocket money, they planted a few rows of chilies. Since the cultivation of peppers is similar to chilies, the addition of the spicier variety fit well into the production cycles on Paradise Farms. Paradise Farms now has six hectares planted to chilies. Uh, this comprises six types of chilies and a total of 17 varieties, including cayenne pepper, Thai chilies, habanero, serrano, jalapeno, and bird's eye chilies. Rue explains they are still in the process of evaluating which varieties work best on the farm, and that is why they are planting such a wide variety. According to him, the biggest challenge is to get consistency in your product right through the year, as this is what ultimately earns a producer a premium on chilies. Yields for the chilies vary between 5 tons and 15 tons per hectare depending on the variety and they are trying to farm biologically as far as possible to keep minimum residue levels low in order to maintain market access. According to Ru, a key step in the biological farming process is getting enough organic matter and organisms into the soil. This also aids in air porosity of the soil. To achieve this, they use a compost made up from sugarcane plant waste material obtained from a nearby sugar mill, as well as citrus peels from juicing factories. The compost feeds the organisms in the soil so that the organisms can look after the plants, explains Rue. He believes that the market for chilies is growing in South Africa due to people developing different tastes. For example, the popularity of Mexican foods and also new ethnic groups coming into the country who like hot food. Jalapenos, he says, didn't have much of a market before chili poppers, a popular Mexican food, became popular. But overall, growth is somewhat limited and he recautions that chilies is not a crop that will see the same type of growth as has been seen in industries like avocados. On to livestock production. This issue features Andrew, Andrew Jordan Jr. from Spakbumberg near Kradok in the Eastern Cape, who was named the Furmal National Sheep Farmer of the Year in 2018. Mike Burgess writes about how Jordan leverages the most from his stud use by using both extensive and intensive production systems. The almost 45-year-old Jordan Enciens Marino stud is anchored by a flock of 3,500 highly productive ewes. With an average weight of between 55 and 60 kilograms, individual ewes are on average able to produce one and a half lambs a year, as well as 3,8 kilograms of wool every eight months. This admirable production by the stud's female animals, Jordan says, can be attributed to the importance of laparoscopic artificial, artificial insemination, a solid fodder flow program and efficient management. 
Ligon says that laparoscopic insemination has allowed for rapid genetic progression. And today they have a sheep that performs very well in their area. They use scientific data such as breeding values, as well as visual appraisal to select functional, fertile and balanced sheep. Besides the two and a half to three months that Jordan Marino use spend on pasture while raising lambs, the rest of the time they are on the felt, supported only by a standard lick regime. In this regard, sweet felt is prioritized for younger ewes, while older ewes are run on sour felt, with a higher salt content in lick. Ewes are expected to handle rugged terrain with considerable tick loads. For this reason, they are dipped with a portable dipping facility. Jordan Merinos have always been selected for multiple lambs, and rams are, for example, only selected from bloodlines with a history of twins and high production indexes. Stud ewes, on average, achieve 150% lambing rate and 135 to 145% weaning rate. Now let's quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. South Africans have been warned not to use the parasiticide Invermectin as a preventative or curative treatment for COVID-19. This is after the international debate on the drug's effectiveness against the disease reached local shores late last year. Some South Africans took to social media to show themselves ingesting Invermectin that is registered only for animal use in this country. Dr. Peter Oberer, the CEO of the South African Animal Health products provider Afrivate said that while a number of international scientific articles supported the theory that Invermectin could possibly prevent or cure COVID-19 infections, South Africa's Invermectin products are not registered as human medicine and have been tested for safety only in animals. Oberum's stance was echoed by the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority that confirmed in a statement that Invermectin was neither indicated nor approved for use in humans. The statement said that at present there is no confirmatory cl clinical evidence available for the use of Invermectin in the management of COVID-19 infections, and that the use of such a drug could potentially lead to harmful effects, even death. Oberon said in accordance with South Africa's Medicines and Related Substances Act, it was a criminal act to recommend the use of animal health products that are not registered as medicines for use in humans. Heavy rains across large parts of the country have brought relief for some farmers and caused troubles for others. Farmers in the Northern Cape and Plain Karoo have described the recent heavy rainfall received in the re these regions as a blessing after years of crippling drought. According to Johannes Muller, a Northern Cape farmer, the northwestern parts of the province received good rainfall in recent weeks, with an average of between 50 and 200 millimetres. However, Muller said, areas in the Gordonia region, Bushmanland and northern Namaqualand received little to no rain and are still critically dry. Muller said he was optimistic that this rain was an indication of a good rainfall season and he advised producers who had not yet received significant rainfall to remain positive. Although the rain brought much relief to drought-stricken areas, it was ill-timed for table grape growers in the Orange River table grape production region. According to the South African table grape industry, 
packing in the region had been disrupted and delayed due to the heavy rain. In the Free State, heavy rains have caused damage to grain crops. It was still too early to determine the extent of the damage, said Yakel Slaru, member of Free State Agriculture's Executive Board. He told Farmers Weekly that the districts of Wesselsbronn, Boltfontein and Wipstadt had been particularly hard hit. Boltfontein, for example, had received more than its average annual rainfall of about 500 millimetres since October 2020, although more maize in the affected areas had nearly reached the adult stage. The longer the plants remained waterlogged, the bigger the risk of severe damage to crops, LaRue said. Anton Boeta, a maize producer near Boltfontein, said this area bore the brunt of the flooding, with about 400 millimetres of rainfall received in the area since the beginning of December. According to him, the fact that the rain fell on deep water table lands only exacerbated the situation. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. In our next episode, we will look at the 29 January issue of Farmers Weekly, in which you can read about a farmer from the Western Cape who is using regenerative farming techniques to revolutionize apple production. Also read about a boar goat farmer who turned what was initially just a hobby into a commercial operation in response to the high demand for goat meat in South Africa. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, stay safe and happy farming.